You are listening to Talking I.O., a podcast about technology in the real world, where we discuss enterprise technology, how to sell it, and how it best helps your customers. Your hosts are Christian Cloud and Stuart Harmon, and we work for Dell EMC. Follow us on TalkingIO.com or on Twitter at TalkingIO. All right, welcome to episode one. I'm your host, Stuart Harmon, along with your other host, Christian Cloud. Good morning, or good afternoon, I should say. So, I guess first question is, what is the point of this podcast? What are we trying to accomplish here? Still scratching my head trying to figure that out, but I think as we move forward, <laughs> we'll come to a conclusion. What do you think? I agree. And, and you know, some of this, uh, as, as we publish this podcast, so we're going to do a bi-monthly, twice-a-month podcast, the second and third Thursdays of every month at 11 o'clock Pacific time. Uh, the intent is to engage the Zodes audience, specifically the solution architects. Um, as we finish up the podcast uh, and we do a live presentation, we'll do a half hour just about. Uh, we will then move into a live Q&A session uh, with the Zones teams. And then Krishna will produce it, uh, record the audio and make sure that we release things that are non-Zones confidential so that a larger Zones audience or maybe uh, other people in the industry can listen in on our wisdom. Um, so today's topic is what does modern IT really mean? I think that's a good question. Like You're starting to hear a lot of buzzwords right now, and this is a good opportunity to kind of uh, unpack some certain terminologies that, that we're hearing out in the marketplace and uh, get a working definition. Um, I could see modern IT addressing a few different topics. Seeing that we both work for Dell, we're gonna have very similar viewpoints. One of those is uh, the four tenets that Dell likes to address. One being security, workforce transformation being the other. What are the other two? IT transformation. Digital transformation. And digital transformation. Digital transformation. So I think modern IT is going to envelop all of those those key four tenets, and we can unpack those in uh, in, in the next thirty minutes or so. Yeah, uh, you know, as we get into modernization, you hear it from our point of view all the time, right? From the Dell EMC point of view, uh, the goal is that it really has an impact on our customers. The world is moving to uh, you know this true digital transformation. I think a big part of what we're going to try and answer during these sessions is. Uh, when you listen to a lot of these podcasts out there, you hear it from the point of view of somebody that's bleeding edge at Google, right? You hear it from um, somebody that's an engineer, or an advanced uh, expert, and, and they're not people that are really translating this into how do we actually get this to our customers? How do we make money? How do we help our customers make money? Um, how do we be good partners to our customers? So we translate all these things and these buzzwords into a real a, a PO and a quote uh, and actually have to implement it at the end of the day. Uh, I believe one thing that we we get very myopic in our views from the manufacturers, we don't do the implementation. We don't do um, the integration into the software layers and the application layers, right? That's not what we do. Uh, at the end of the day, the solution providers do that. Uh, and so how do we help you guys find something out there that's really interesting? Um, speaking of digital transformation, I got the new Garmin Phoenix X, 5X. That's a pretty sweet looking watch, actually. It's got beautiful full maps on it. It's real yeah. pretty. I don't know how I feel about it yet. It's real expensive. Um, but, right, if you look at this watch, it monitors everything I do during a day. Right? At some point, this goes back to a server, and I can check it on my cell phone. So we get into these questions of stateless applications, persistent data stores, where does the data actually get stored, how much data am I generating by wagging my hand over here. Um, 
and this is what our customers are trying to solve, right? How do you engage with your customers more? How do you deliver something that's really pretty, but then gives them useful information for their life? Kind of like this thing. Yeah, that uh, watch is pretty sweet. You know, the uh, um, I was talking to some customers yesterday, and what started off being a certain conversation kind of switched directions based off of a simple uh, question that was asked to me. I went to talk about some deal promotions, and a question that was asked is, What's the difference? The difference between converge and hyperconverge. And as I was explaining from a high level what the harder is, I started to think, you know what, the conversation shouldn't just be hyperconverge is an appliance-based solution that abstracts the software from the um, from this uh, the software layer from the hardware layer, and converge is going to be more of a merging or convergence of different hardware platforms in a single easy to use or single point of manage or a single pane of management device. But like you just said, like the conversation gets a lot broader. Like, how are we able to take those concepts and actually make that uh, concept that's serviceable for our customers? Do your customers care about the terms converge, hyperconverge? Probably not. I do think that's interesting in the industry. We still see a lot of having to start our conversations with defining converged and hyperconverged. How do you define converged? How do I define converged? How do you define define, it? I would say converged is going to be the... To define a word with a word, the convergence, merging, bringing together different types of devices or tools into a single device or tool. So, for example, uh, cell phone, PlayStation, and a fax machine is essentially what an iPhone is today. You, you've, you've converged those three separate devices plus many more and placed them in, in a uh, smaller, easier to use, easier to manage device. In terms of the data center, what we're seeing for convergence is, right, people say converged, uh, but Nutanix's definition of for converged is very different from our definition, I believe. Correct. Um, right, convergence is really multiple servers getting stuck in one piece of sheet metal with one power supply. Correct. That's convergence for us, right? Hyperconverged is all software defined. Modernizing, though, to get back on, I guess, our, our main topic here. What does modernization really do for our customers? I think everybody here has seen kind of some of the whiteboard conversations that we've done. Um, if you haven't, we'll be happy to replay some of those, right? I think they're extremely valuable in a terms to our customer, but where do you really see convergence or hyperconvergence or modernization for our customers mattering? So when you look at your customers and we have like uh, Dell specifically has taken a data pool of uh, numerous or many CIOs, there's a 40% of, I believe it's like a thousand people polled, have no idea what the industry is going to look like in the next three years. Um, 53% of those people have experienced significant disruption, and 92% see digital business initiatives as being critical to, to, their, uh, to their success. The thing is, when you use buzzwords such as cloud or convergence, um, that list gets to be pretty long. What does that actually mean? And for convergence, it's a more efficient way for your customers to do business. Do they, They're able to spend less time uh, tightening nuts and bolts, per se, um, and more time actually uh, producing applications, um, developing new tools that are going to actually generate revenue. Keeping the keeping the bike on the road, just making sure that your chain's greased and that your your spokes are, are, are on the wheel doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to make money. Yeah, you can tell us a Seattle comment: bike on the road. Yes. Um, 
I agree. And I think we do have some key tenants. And one thing that we talk about is we have these buzzwords. And I think in the industry, we're extremely good at them. Um, modernization, hyperconvergence, software defined. We're seeing those constantly in the industry now. One thing I like that we've produced, and I haven't seen it anywhere else, something that I've begged for for you know my 20 years, um, we have now got some assessments where we can actually go into a customer's data center, assess it, and give them tangible dollars and cents. Uh, where you none of us have to do a lot of work. We we do a data pool. We send it off to a group of analysts. They send us back the report within a couple of days. We can tell our customers that moving from this five-year-old storage and some old servers and moving into hyper-converged infrastructure will save you 30%, whatever that number is. We can show them if they stay to traditional infrastructure, um, they'll actually move it to, you know, you'll save 40% or you'll save 10%. So we can give them several options and really help them decide is hyperconverged right? Is traditional IT, but in a modern uh, point of view, with an all-flash array, um, with say maybe new NVMe drives out, where they can get lower latency for their databases, right? So, what really is the best thing for our customers in terms of cost, long-term maintenance, power and cooling, rack and floor space, uh, latency and application performance? We can give them very true metrics, and we'll actually put guarantees behind those, uh, where we'll provide free gear if we don't meet them. Um, but regardless of that, being able to actually make decisions and not guesswork, which we've always done in the IT industry, um, right? We kind of take a guess of where we're at. We'll take a guess of where our business will be in a few years. Um, we hope we're right. We add 30% for padding, and all of a sudden we're way out of our competitive space or we're way beyond budget. Uh, we can't show our customer a really clear, consistent path to, to manage those systems over that period of time. So I think we've got some great tools now that really keep us uh, focused on our customers' priorities and our customers' needs. From our standpoint of view, right, it moves our sales cycle along a lot faster because we can give our customers the data to make a decision on. Um, and then we can move into actual implementation uh, and getting systems up and running quickly for our customer set. Um, you I know, mentioned that. Okay. Sorry, go ahead. You know, it, it's funny, like, working with storage systems like we, like we both have over the years, there's what they say an art and a science to exercising storage arrays. And what's actually pretty funny about that is it can take uh, a couple of unknown variables to make that sizing practice go sideways. In terms of, of the customers producing business, a CIO essentially doesn't care about that art and science so much. They care about the dollars and cents that come from that storage array, array working properly. So shifting the conversation from, the, again, the nuts and bolts of IT and more on IT becoming a revenue-generating uh, side of the business is another way to look at a modern IT, um, how to modernize IT. No, it's an excellent conversation, right? Uh, CIOs do not care what's running in their data center, or they shouldn't. What they care about is that their applications are performing. And then we are getting into that digital transformation conversation, which we found most CIOs still really need a hand with. Um, they're not quite there yet, right? If you look at every report, it's talking about from the Wall Street Journal saying that the CIOs really need to have a stronger arm in business. The business wants to be engaged with their IT departments more. Uh, they want their IT departments to be more responsive and re reflect, uh, uh, be able to re adapt to their business requirements faster. Um, and that's what we need to help our CIOs with. What's great about some of these modern conversations that we're having or modernizing the data center is we can, again, put the numbers and the metrics behind it to show the CIO how they can respond faster. Um, for the longest time, concept, right? And it still is very much a concept. Um, we need to be, you know, when you hear things like 
we need to be faster. We need to respond to business needs more quickly. Everybody gets that. That's that's a no-brainer. I think what we've missed all these years is steps, tangible steps. There's a 12-step program to be a better business owner and less of a nerd. Um, and I think we actually have some of those steps now, both in the hardware platforms and how do we modernize infrastructure. Uh, what are the architectures looking like around our scale out and flash and cloud enabled software defined systems uh, so that we really can be resilient. We can move an application to run where it should and when it should. Um, and then we also have some clear steps in terms of the digital transformations around uh, agile development and some of those other concepts there where we can actually go in into a CIO now and not respect, expect the customer to buy everything and put it together and have their administrators not talking to their operations teams or their architects or their developers, um, we can show them a really clear path on how to go from the application all the way to the end user experience uh, and, and what each of those will help drive revenue out of the system. Um, I, I think that's a huge difference than where we were 12 months ago even and telling customers, great, we can build this cloud-like experience, but you still have to build workload f workflow into it. Uh, we're still not talking to your app dev team. So I think that's a huge difference. You know, one other thing too, like something that I've noticed as a trend is a new CIO. Um, information officer is now is being replaced with innovation officer. So you're starting to see a lot of uh, innovation officers. Companies are talking a lot more of innovation. You're starting to even see a lot more college programs offering innov business innovation degrees. So that is a part of the entire industry looking to create new things, whether it be applications, better, whether it be uh, a, a better, more efficient way of doing business. And these are the people that we want to get in front of because these are now your new customers. But anyway. I, I think it kind of wraps up a lot of the modernization discussion. Uh, it does bring me to a another point I wanted to make, and it was kind of funny for those of you that were in one of our sessions in Round Rock, um, there was a, a slide up that we all we're pointing at we've pointed to regularly right uh we also had it at the field sales conference but um if you think you don't like change you should try irrelevance yeah. uh we all hear <laughs> that from an engineer yeah, side we're, we're telling our customers that from a, an administrator side uh, you don't want to be a server administrator anymore you don't want to be a storage administrator you need to be a cloud architect uh, I think the same goes from a sales engineer and from a salesperson perspective absolutely, right absolutely absolutely and and, and and cloud doesn't mean amazon web services it doesn't mean Azure. Cloud means how do you help your customers respond and adapt to their businesses quickly and what are the technologies and tools that you use that in. And being able to have that conversation and have that business level conversation, if you're not a seller that can do that, if you're not an engineer that can walk your customer down that path clearly, um, you will be irrelevant very quick. Yeah, that brings kind of a fun, a fun point. I was uh, doing a training once and someone said that they enjoyed the way that I can explain a concept and easy to understand layman's terms, for lack of a better word. And why I bring that up is when you think of the word cloud or you think of modernization and you ask a person what does that mean, you're going to get numerous answers, like, and they're going to vary pretty greatly, especially the cloud conversation. It's not You're not going to get the same answer, but essentially what people, in my opinion, neglect to do is think about not necessarily – what it is physically, but what it does for your customers. And that's what makes the seller change from being a fulfillment person to a out-of-the-box, innovative, assisting your customer, 
solution provider kind of buzzword itself, but a solution provider. So no, totally, uh, you know, you look at that recent Microsoft announcement from last week, and they just laid off a large percentage of their yeah, sales force absolutely. because they are now cloud salespeople. If you were selling a point product, that's no longer where the world's going. Um, I think it's even more important as a solution provider that you're able to provide that because um, we already know margins can be extremely thin. And if all you're doing is providing a, a commodity system or something that everyone else can provide and bringing no additional business value to your customers, um, you won't be in the game very long. Absolutely. As Bruce Lee said, be like water. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Um, a couple other points. Like in my, um, One is going to be the digital transformation. Um, I personally have a hard time wrapping my mind around what exactly that is. What would, how would you define digital transformation? That is truly taking your company from, <clears throat> I think the, 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 right, the statement, and we've had it before, is right, home, the day that Home Depot realized Amazon sold more hammers than they did, mm-hmm. they became a digital company. Awesome. Uh, it is customers expect a different way to be engaged, this is now a very, at least a national economy, very global economy. But, you know, you look at Amazon or any of these other providers, I can get same day or next day deliveries on anything I order online quickly. Um, it's truly how do you adapt and engage to your customers in new ways. Uh, people are coming up with better business processes. So I don't have to sit in a queue. I don't have to wait in line. I don't have to wait on hold for an hour to return something or to ask a question, right? And if you still stick with that old way of doing business, there will be a disruptor in your industry that will come and take your customers from you, that will give your customers what they want in a way that they want to consume it. Um, so it doesn't all have to be a Netflix-style experience, but the customer experience will be very different. And in addition, when you change to a digital company, uh, you're able to analyze your customer base so you can actually see what works and what doesn't. How do you have better engagement with your customers uh, right. I don't think it's all these Garmin digital watches. You know, it's not the Internet of everything. Internet of things doesn't uh, mean that everything's going to be digitally connected. But all of your information about your customers and your ability to engage with your customers will be very digital. Totally agree. There's listen to an interview with a gentleman named Jeff Rosenblum. And he's a uh, um, founding member of a, part, a company called Questus. It's a digital marketing agency. And he actually touched on a couple of different things that you'd mentioned, just in the trans- from a different standpoint. But honestly, like it echoed exactly what you said. There's different ways that a customer can address their customers' needs, or a business can address their customers' needs. For example, how how cumbersome is it for you to open up a package when you get it? Those little things, do you make that easier for your customer or do you make it more complicated for your customer? So everything from that level all the way to how long it takes for you to uh, put your credit card um, uh, to make a purchase on a website or how long it takes for you to receive a product when you order it is a part of that digital transformation. And, and as you said, just to, you know, I'm, I'm completely mirroring what you said, for a customer or a company to not recognize what exactly it is that their customers are looking for um, is a detriment to that company. What I believe the new wave is now is being of service to others. Um, and that means that, hey, what can we do to make your life easier? Not necessarily what we think would make your life easier, but what? how can we make your life easier? And in turn, it's going to increase revenue. People, for example, when I was doing a web design, it was 
less than 20 seconds, if you couldn't navigate through a site, you're going to move on to something else. And you're going to flip. And I believe that that same concept in the way that we manage or net or surf the web has is the way that we look at society in terms of customers. If it takes you too long to, uh, or if it's too clumsy for me to give you my money, I'm probably going to move on. <laughs> One of the other keys to, I think, the digital transformation, um, right? We're, we're talking about customer engagement. How do you really respond to your customers? The other is how does the business respond to the new business environment? And, and on top yep, of this modern good. infrastructure, right? So from an infrastructure standpoint, everything runs on, on silicone. Uh, we have to have something that's adaptable and flexible. But then you take that to the development side, the, the app side, and it used to be traditionally it would be a, a year or a two-year release cycle for major releases into projects. We'd not be able to do that in hours, days, weeks maybe. So you have to really adopt this new uh, development approach, this very agile methodology so that you can change on the fly, you can release faster. If your competitor releases a new feature tomorrow, you can't wait two years to get it into a release cycle. You have to be able to release it next week, next month. Um, and so that's a lot of the digital transformation too is becoming a more flexible company through your technology and really adapting modern development principles to really change how fast your business can respond. Absolutely. So the next point would be IT transformation. How would you define that? That is, I believe, the good modern the modernization conversation, right? How do you really transform your IT? How do you take modern technologies that are based on, you know, we have four principles. I'm sure everybody has their own version of it, but this, it, it works and we can prove it out, right? So, you know, flash technologies, they're fast. Um, the prices come down. They're extremely predictable uh, and very low latency. Um, software defined. Yeah, software defined. Thank software you. Defined. So how do you use commodity-based? You see people call software defined, uh, and I'll call out um, HP just bottom. Simplicity. Simplicity. I'll call them out, right? They consider themselves software-defined, but we don't consider them software-defined because they still have a very custom ASIC that runs in there. That's just like any of our other traditional storage components. If you have custom ASICs, you are not software-defined. Um, how do you use commodity components so that you're leveraging the best price in the industry so that if we change to from a 4 to an 8-gig card, right, you're not going and buying an entire new controller system. You're just going and replacing that component over time, right? So that's very important. Uh, the ability to scale out, so to buy small and grow as you need, um, it makes a huge difference, right? You're not underguessing, overguessing. You're not buying things that you don't need for the next three years. Uh, so, and then the ability to move that workload, port that app workload out to the cloud, so that you can leverage these much larger um, uh, uh, capabilities. Say it's it's lower your cost, um, be able to pay what you need now, and then if you have a, a a burst in your workload, a spike in your workload at the end of the year, at the end of the month, the tax season, whatever your environment is, you don't have to pay for that all year round. You can move it out. You can take advantage of the cloud and you can bring it back in. Uh, one thing we have seen repeatedly is that any well-managed IT department does better on-site than it, or is much less expensive on-site than it is in the cloud. The, the other part I'm going to leave for digital for IT transformation is DevOps, right? It's, it's how do you transform your people? You no longer have a server, a storage, a network administrator. Um, you have a cloud architect, a cloud administrator. You know, a lot of this is the the old vSphere. You know, your VMware administrator is now taking it over. Um, 
And so you're not having these multiple silos. You're actually able to, to turn around and have workflows pre-approved, everything pre-built so that the business user can open up their infrastructure. And then you have very few people physically managing the infrastructure on the back end. You know, for us service and our customers, I think of a statement that a lot of customers will often utter to me. And it is, hey, we're not Amazon. Hey, we're not Google. But what's funny is you made a good point. Every customer has a uh, season or a time of day or a time of the week where, they're, where there's going to be a spike in performance or, or more required out of their data center, their business, their servers. And how do we address those needs and let those customers know that the way that some of those companies that we just mentioned before, um, we were able, we've been able to commoditize their business practices to help accelerate your business on a smaller scale. Uh, workforce transformation is another good point that, or is another uh, uh, way that Dell is looking to transform the business. And that's going to be more on the end user side. Would you say that? Absolutely. Um, and it's not just end user, it's a process conversation. Or how do you have your people work? You know, a lot of companies still have an older mindset. They don't trust their employees. They believe if you're not managing them every second, you, you have to breed down their necks. Um, or they're, they're using old technologies, right? And so workforce transformation is really, how do you give the employee the right resources so they can do their job when and how and where they need to do it? Uh, you know, if you're on the road all the time, you have to have the right technology for that. If you're in a, an industrial environment or a very secure environment, you need to be able to, to still do your work easily, but meet all of your security or safety requirements that are out in that environment. So I, I think it's, um, we have all of the, every flavor of laptop, tablet, desktop on the planet, cell phone out there right now. The question is, how do you secure your endpoints? How do you let your employees still access your data? How do you let your customers and your partners access that um, so that you can collaborate and, and and work where you need to and when you need to. So correct me if I'm wrong. You work in the same place every day. Like you're in your, your oh, all home the time. office. I never leave. Uh, <laughs> so so workforce transformation is not important to you. Right. And, you know, Dell, I think, has done a better <laughs> job than most of that. Um, but there's still tools and technologies, right? I still have to carry a hotspot with me everywhere I go. I have to log in. I have to um, make sure that I do have a good connection. You know, for me, I carry around a laptop. But... Um, you know, a great example is, is uh, clinics, right, or, or hospitals where their workforce transformation, you don't need them to take their work home with them. They're not getting on a plane to be a nurse or a doctor, but they do need to be able to move from room to room to room constantly, not carry and lug things around, um, be able to access secure information, what we would consider our most secure information quickly and easily, right? You know, you know, I agree. It's funny. I think healthcare is a great example of wrapping up the entire IT transformation or modern IT story because of all of the moving pieces. Obviously, the data needs to be secure, which is the next point that we're going to address in just a moment, which is security. Uh, you have employees that are going to be in different, that have different job functions that need to access data, whether it be from tablets, uh, uh, desktop systems, iPhones, or perhaps even watches at this point. How are the, all of these doctors nurses and other administrators able to access this data very quickly. So yeah, anyway, like not to belabor this, but I feel like uh, healthcare is a great example of wrapping everything together. Uh, security would be the last point. And you know what? I don't, I think in modern times, that's really not a big issue, is it? Oh, not at all. <laughs> um, but I, I think security, right? There's a suite of tools and there's a host of tools and I'm by no means a security expert, right? Uh, we have a host of tools. There's a lot out there. 
the fascinating concept of security is something that almost goes with your digital transformation as well, which is risk acceptance. We are no longer in a risk avoidance world, right? We have to harden certain components, but we have to accept a certain amount of risk. Um, the only way to harden something is to put it in a black box and throw it in the bottom of the ocean, right? I mean, otherwise, people have to be able to access it. So how do you decide what data can be acceptably exposed? How do you make choices of where that exposure can occur and when? How do you do business with countries that are known to sometimes steal our stuff uh, and still get the data out there and protect yourself but still move forward in the business environment? I was actually just reading an article a couple of days, days ago, and it was talking about a, uh, a fashion designer, world-famous fashion designer, talking about how in their business you can never fail. It's, it's You have to be perfect every time and that you can't move things forward if you don't accept failure as part of your process. That same goes with security and that risk acceptance versus risk avoidance. And how do you make risk acceptance a good part of your business that helps drive success and innovation and allows people to really expand the boundaries and not be locked into the same business they've done for, for years or generations? I think for us as IT professionals, we'll we get what I'm, the statement I'm about to make, and that is security is not just the threat of some unknown teenager in some faraway country wearing a hoodie break, uh, breaking into your system. Security also comes down to the person that sits next to you that went to the for a bathroom break and left a laptop wide open. And how do we uh, how do we manage that data? And again, when you start to kind of think of these little examples it gives you a good way to wrap the entire modern IT story. Just that example alone is going to give you an example of bringing in digital transformation, IT transformation, and last, uh, workforce transformation, and lastly, security as a part of just that one little bit of a, that one slice of an example. I'll even say from a security perspective, what we're doing right now, this podcast, mm -hmm. I think 10 years ago, companies would lose their minds at the thought of their employees, unregulated, not part of marketing, sharing data, in a public forum. Absolutely true. Dell's done a great job of uh, our social campaign where they want everyone to be part of the social media, but that is a change in having a company say, I trust every single one of my employees. We have to go through, a, it's a very minimal training, but you have to you know, go through and get certified so that you know what you, you can't say and some trade compliance issues and making sure people understand that you work for Dell EMC, right? I mean, but it's, a, it's an hour of training maybe, who, who, and they now trust. Did we mention that we work for Dell EMC? We did. Okay. Um, and we do. Um, right? So, but, but it's an hour of training, and we now trust 400,000 employees to go speak on behalf of Dell in a public forum. Yeah, it's pretty That is a type of risk acceptance that is unheard of just a few years ago, I think. Yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible what they allow us to do, and, and I agree with you. Totally correct. You know, if, if you just, just to kind of wrap, start to wrap things up here, if you look at uh, – organizations in the maturity stage in terms of the entire modern IT transformation story, 12% of our customers are still in that legacy stage. So that is, uh, so a lot of our customers have figured out that they cannot manage and conduct business the way they did 20 years ago. So the bulk of our customers get that. But there's a lot of room for potential and growth from a seller standpoint and from an SA standpoint to come in and address stage two and stage three, which are emerging and evolving, and helping and guiding our customers move from the um, uh, from a more legacy method of doing business into a transformed state of doing business, which unfortunately or fortunately for us, only 5% of the customers have fully embraced. And typically that 5% of the customers are going to be those customers. Those 
those companies that we all speak of, your Amazons, your Googles, and so forth. But there are smaller sized customers, medium sized business customers, mid market customers that completely get it. And we want to help the the other eighty three percent get to that stage. Absolutely, there's a uh, customers still need help, right? Uh, they they need to understand these paths that, like I said, and we began this, and that's I think what we're going to hope to accomplish over this series is there's great buzzwords. There's a lot of people doing a lot of great things. Everybody wants to be like Google or Amazon and their flexibility and capabilities, but it's so far out there. It's such a big idea. How do we help bring very clear and defined steps that can get our customers from where they are today to making to being able to really invest IT into growing their business and truly being a business asset and not a cost center? And uh, hopefully we can get there over over a period of time. Yeah, I agree. So been a great conversation um were there any other points we wanted to address no i think uh the only thing is is for the team going forward right this will be uh you know probably 20 30 minutes every week uh, of us having a, a discussion uh, we'll let you know what those discussions will be um and then as we wrap those up we'll bring in we'll we'll have skype open we'll be able to do a live q a as we go through this we'll bring everybody on the phone at the end of the the the, the discussion for a live q a session uh, and then, of course, we as we travel around, we love to meet everybody out in the, the field and out in their territories and in your home cities. Uh, do a little meetups out in region. Yeah, we definitely love to do some meetups. Um, you can reach us both on through various methods. Uh, we're both on Twitter, um, so we have our individual Twitter accounts as well as a Talkin IO Twitter account. So uh, you can reach me, Christian Cloud, at cloudio at cloudio. You can reach me at Stuart. At work, S T E W A R T, at Stewart at work. And, and you can reach us at Talking Talk IO. IO. <laughs> okay, appreciate your time, Stuart. Go ahead. Thank you. This has been another episode of Talking IO with host Christian Cloud and Stuart Harmon. We appreciate you listening. Follow us on talkingio.com or on Twitter at Talking IO. 